Welcome back to another episode of the 3536 Football Pick'em Podcast, the only podcast available on Apple and Spotify. Fun fact for you. Uh, we got a jam-packed episode here today. We got a special guest on that we're really excited to bring to you, the starting quarterback of NIU, Rocky Lombardi. And we got, as usual, our picks for the week. Uh, before we roll into any of that, uh, just like to mention our last week, once again, another great comeback week. Uh, I believe, Brian, correct me if I'm wrong here, would you shoot uh, over 64%? Yep, over 64 Over 64% as a group. Once again, if you bet that, you're just making money out the stacks. But there was one gold star in the whole group this week. Uh, I think we need to highlight his week. Jeff, you want to go over your week last week in gambling? Just give us a little review of how you did. Yeah, so uh, that was probably – the best week I've had the entire season on the pod. Um, thirteen and four college, two and one NFL, so fifteen and fifteen and uh, five total. Um, or sorry, three and one NFL. <clears throat> but I, I I needed that. I mean, that was huge. It, it, we kind of do this little, as you guys know, this little tax and rich award. Brian was kind of looking like he was just about to take off. I mean, obviously a little friendly competition, but. It, it it was nice to get that little week in there to kind of make it an even race. I think me and Brian and Mo are all about like one to two percent away from each other. I think it's less than a one percent. Me and Brian are point four percent away from each other. Yeah, yeah. So and I me mean, and Mo total, we have the same amount of wins, and like I think Mo, you have like four more losses. Like we're all within like five games of each other, pretty much. Sounds yeah. like I just take more risks. What it sounds like. <laughs> so, um, yeah, we are extremely close to each other again. There's another podcast that does the same style, um, and none of them are above 50. We are all above 55, so just like to mention that once again. Uh, won't talk about those boys because they're probably going to be offended because they're listening right now. Um, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, that week was huge. Um, I would, I, I don't have the number in my in front of me, but have we been above 65 once this year? Is that the best week we've ever had as a group? Uh, this probably is the best week, I'd imagine. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not the best. It's close. I think we did have one week in the 70s, but yeah. yeah. So early, it, early on, yeah. Very. As you guys, as you guys that listen every time know, it's been a struggle a couple weeks in a row there, where it was like barely getting 50, barely getting 50 as a group, as a person, and so to have a week like that where we just blow it out of the water, that's it's nice to see. But like I said, not not just me. We all we all went 50 percent and above, so. It was nice. It was nice to get the overall pod record for the season. We're at fifty six percent. I mean, our our overall pod record is better than anybody at Barstool. <laughs> no free ads. <laughs> no free ads. Think about that. Overall pod record. We've bet over six hundred. So we've bet uh, seven hundred games. Which okay. is just insane. How much football we've watched. My eyes are glazing over, and I don't want it to end anytime soon. We've bet over seven hundred. Ga- also, even more impressive. We're three hundred. We've bet. Over 700 games, we only have one push. <laughs> I just realized, yep. <laughs> <laughs> which impressive. is which is crazy impressive. But anyway, uh, I don't know yeah, if it's so, a good or a bad thing, but that isn't that. <laughs> so we have we have a 56 percent win percentage on 700 games. I mean that is insane. Ten bucks a game, 1400 bucks easily. So uh, yeah, great. It's great to, for us to be back on top like where we were when we started the year. Hopefully, this keeps going into this bowl season into the rest of the NFL season and we can end the season. If we can, if we can touch 60 as a group, I don't know if that'll ever be topped by anybody named Shitstool. I mean, Barstool. Hmm. 
Yeah, it, it really has been a good three-week run for us. I'm really happy about this, but we have a big week ahead of us now. I mean, championship weekend is happening. There's been a lot of huge changes in college football, so it'll be interesting to see how that affects not only these games, but also the gambling landscape. I know some of these picks and lines have probably moved around a bit, but we do, like I said, have a great slate going on. Uh, Brian, do you have any notes uh, before we kick it off to our interview? Um, I don't. Um, okay. Yeah, I think we're, think we're I, good. Great. I got one, I got one yep. more thing I want to say that I just realized. <clears throat> it might seem small, but if you guys are listening and you don't already follow our Pick'em page, we post our locks and our picks on there every Saturday, every Sunday, whenever the games are. We're two followers away from 100, so if you're listening to this and you don't already follow, go follow. And if you're that 100th follower, maybe we do some for you. It is 100% not a promise we do, but maybe. maybe we, we, prob- like we probably won't. But- we probably won't, but... Actually, if, if, you're the, if you're number 100 follower, we'll uh, message me your number 100. Yeah. I'll, I'll do the little heart thing and then we'll be on our way. All right, perfect. <laughs> uh, but as I previewed earlier, uh, we have an amazing interview set with the starting quarterback of NIU once again, Rocky Lombardi. Uh, unfortunately, I cannot be there for the podcast, but Jeff and Brian both killed it, had an amazing interview with them. So tune in right now. All right, boys and girls, welcome back to 3536 Podcast. We got a special edition tonight. We're here with Des Moines' very own NIU quarterback, Rocky Lombardi. Rocky, say what's up to the people. Hey, how's it going, guys? Glad to be here. So, Rocky, basically how we're going to start this off, I'm going to kick it over to you. We're going to let you kind of talk about the last year, year and a half of your life. You know, you've had some pretty big changes. Um, basically talk about what went into your decision, how it is being a, a D1 quarterback, you know, coming from Iowa making the change two times. Um, your experience now being at NIU and how good it's doing this year for you. So why don't you go ahead and kick it off with that, man? Yeah, so uh, like you said, I started off my career at Michigan State. Uh, played there for four years. Uh, really enjoyed my time there. Uh, I got a lot of friends and uh, connections still there. Um, you know, still talk to a lot of my MSU boys to this day, you know, on a daily basis. So really enjoyed my time there. But, you know, I just kind of realized – uh, last year that I, I needed a, I needed a fresh start. I needed a change. You know, it wasn't the place for me and it, and it wasn't the time for me. So uh, I moved on and I, I went to Northern Illinois, which is where I am now. And, you know, I'm really happy here. Uh, coach Hammock, our head coach is an awesome guy. Um, really love working with him. He's, he's quite the jokester. Um, he's, he's a funny guy. Um, fun to be around. And, and we got, a, we got a really good team too. So in the MAC championship uh, this Saturday, ready to go. Bring back the bring back the trophy for the boys. So it'll be good. Yeah. Uh, on that, uh, I saw last game you weren't uh, you weren't playing. What what what's the situation on you there? Yeah. So we had already locked up the MAC West, um, and I got I got a little bruise on my arm that that I've been nursing. So they wanted to uh, to give me the week off. You know, make sure that I was rested and healthy, you know, in case a freak accident happened to where right. you know, they wanted me healthy for the championship game. Okay, so so nothing too serious. You'll be there. No, I'll be there. I'll be there ready to go. Rocky Lombardi in a dome. There's going to be – that thing is going to be tossed around, let me tell you. I'd say last <laughs> time you threw 532 yards against them, you didn't plan to throw for at least 600, 700 this time. <laughs> that would be awesome. Uh, <laughs> we're planning on putting up a lot of points first and foremost. You know, we, we want to – Want to try to score as many points as we can, uh, you know, put our put our defense in a good spot. But you know, if I could throw for six hundred yards, that would be awesome too. <laughs> uh, I know I'm Rocky, sure I'd like to see Rocky, that. you uh, 
NIU kind of had a little bit of a down year last year. Uh, as you can see, you guys have completely turned it around. It's awesome to watch. We've been talking about you guys, backing you guys on this podcast like crazy. Um, what contributed? I know you're, it's your first year there, but what do you think is the big change from last year to this and the huge turnaround you guys have had from a winless season to a MAC championship game? Um, you know, I think, first of all, maturity. Uh, we're, we're, I believe we're the second youngest team in the FBS and FBS right now. So, um, you know, for those guys to get another year is huge for their development, experience, all that. Um, and then culture. You know, I think uh, myself and, and Clint, uh, another transfer who came in with me, um, just did a good job of, of shifting the culture and kind of, you know, as a young guy, you're you're just out there going through the motions. You know, you're doing everything you can, but you, you really need an older guy that, you know, knows how to win and, and has that experience of playing in a college football game to to really show them what to do on a daily basis, how to work, how to study film, all that kind of stuff. So I think uh, from Clint and I's perspective, you know, go, teaching them what we know and what we've learned and, um, you know, through our successes and our mistakes, that's really what's changed the program. Right, right. Brian, I know you had some questions for Mr. Lombardi here, so why don't you go ahead and shoot some? Yeah, I'll rattle off a couple uh, a couple lighter ones for you. So the first question is, when you were named Rocky Lombardi, did you know you were going to be a D1 quarterback right then and there? Uh, I think my dad did, for sure. But uh, <laughs> I don't know. I, I never, you know, your name's your name. So getting brought up, I didn't really realize um, how unique my name is, I guess, until I got to college, really. You know, high school a little bit, but once I got to college and people started tweeting at me and, you know, saying stuff about my name, I was like, you know, I guess it is pretty unique and, and pretty uh, football oriented as well. Is there a relation there to the Vincent Lombardi? So there's actually not, but ironically, my great grandpa's name is Vincent Lombardi. Vince, just not the Vince Lombardi. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, and, and Rocky actually comes from Rocky Blyer, who's an old Steelers running back. Uh, he was my dad's favorite player growing up, so that's where he got the name. And and then you know, obviously, Lombardi would be a family name. Nice. Okay. okay. Uh, my next question for you is: So both this year and last year, you got to play at the Big House. Obviously, Michigan was crazy last week with that win against Ohio State. But um, the year before was with COVID year, so there's no fans. And this year, you're playing with the crowd. How different was it playing there um, with the crowd versus an empty stadium? It was a little different, um, you know. As a especially as a quarterback, but you know, as a football player, you, you try to block out as much as that as much of that as possible. Um, and I think I do a pretty good job of that. So to, for me, just being la laser focused on the game, it wasn't it wasn't a, a huge difference. But just to go in there with no fans really was the craziest part. You know, you almost you expect fans. You're in Michigan Stadium or big the big house. You know, the biggest stadium in the whole country, and uh, and there's nobody there. You know, there's two or three hundred people there. So that was pretty wild. Um, it almost threw me off more than a hundred thousand screaming fans to be honest with you so that was a little weird but being there with fans was good you know i miss the fans um they're fun even when they're not cheering for you cheering against you it's still you know fun to be out there and, and hear them heckling you a little bit so that, what's the most insane thing someone said to you <laughs> it's, a oh, crowd. it's not appropriate for air well i mean you get the you know the texas a&m quarterback just recently i don't know if you guys saw that but he put some oh, yeah. story about, you know, all the fans, you know, whatever. Yeah. But SMD. You know, yeah, yeah, SMD, all the fans. But you, you never <laughs> really realize what, what people would say to you. It would blow your mind 
Um, you know, reading some of my DMs and his DMs, I'm sure are crazy. So the amount of pressure and uh, criticism that these guys are under is, is insane. And it, it takes a, you know, it takes a grown man to, to take that kind of heat. Oh yeah. I can't, I can't imagine what your social media has to look like <laughs> a game like that. Yeah. Um, that that kind of is a good piggyback question. Um, last year, obviously, with the COVID deal, outside of everything a normal fan, a normal person from the outside looking in would know, what was the biggest differences, you know, like I said, outside the stuff we would know, that was hard, the hardest things to adjust to in the COVID era, kind of, if you per se? Yeah, I would say just the day-to-day uh, maintenance of being a COVID athlete. You know, testing, we tested every day at 6 a.m., which was pretty crazy. Hey, Clint, yeah. you want to shout out on this podcast? Oh yeah, I got my roommate Clint here. We'll, we'll get a little special. Put him on. Come Put here. On. Come here. They can't see the video, but yeah. go ahead. Say what's it? You got any? Roll dogs. Roll dogs. This is my roommate Clint. Plays running back for us. Uh, transfer yeah, Clint. From Western Illinois. Hey, How's it going, guys? Good man. You, you got anything to say in the podcast? You talk about your story a little bit. Uh. Yeah, I came from Western Illinois, you know, play a little bit of everything. Met up with Rocky, room with him earlier this spring. Uh, they kind of just threw us together. Hit it off a little bit, you know, he's a cool dude. And, you know, the rest is history, dogs in the max championship. Right, I'll ask you the same question they, they asked me. This is a good question. I got to ask him. What's the biggest difference between this year and last year? You know, what? why the, why the change from 0-6 to 9-3 and or 8-4? and You just believe in I'd say it's just the belief. You know, we came in here uh, January, young team. You know, we got 76 freshmen, I think it is. And, you know, not a lot of experience in the room. You know, there's some older guys the year before, but they're injured, I believe. So it's tough. You know, the young team, uh, I feel like, you know, the older guys kind of stepped up. Showed the younger guys the ropes and just how to work. It's the most important part. And just the belief from there was amazing. That's all it really takes. You know, we had a big win early on against Georgia Tech. And from there, we just kept it rolling. All right. Get out of here, All right. Yeah. Back to the, back to the good Thanks, little bro. special shout out for Clint, you know, Clint Rakovich. Shout out, Clint. Yep. Thanks, Clint. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, back to the COVID thing. Just day to day, you know, of, of going in and testing at 6 a.m. We had tests every morning at 6 a.m. Uh, and then from there, you know, you're wearing masks everywhere. And, you know, it's just crazy the, the precaution that you got to take, you know, everywhere you go. And then, you know, from there, you don't know if you're playing the next week. You don't know who's going to be out. So, you, you know, you're game planning for basically like three different games in one, you know, depending on what players are playing, what players are sitting out. Um, you know, practice is crazy. Class schedules are all different. So I would just say the day-to-day life of, you know, that was completely different from a, from a normal non-COVID season. I can imagine on top of an already extremely strict schedule for a D1 athlete, it was very – amped up yeah no meals too we, we all of our meals were like takeout or you went and got it yourself so we didn't have the team dinners or um you know the breakfast that was there because you didn't there's too much you know too much risk of transmission or whatever you want to call it right but, right yeah it was wild yeah does uh having like that stuff this year does that feel like that's made your team like stronger and understand each other more and you're able to spend more time like goofing off not just doing football shit together yeah for sure um you know you're able to kind of live more of a college life because you know last year as much of a college life as you can 
being a college athlete. But last year, right. you know, it basically was like a job. No, nobody's really on campus. You know, you're not going out on weekends. Uh, you're really not seeing anybody other than the football team. So you're just hanging out with your buddies in, in, in your room and, you know, whatever. But this year, you know, you a little bit more freedom. Uh, you know, it's it's still a little bit restricted, but for the most part, you're living a, a fairly normal life. You know, you, you know that the, the games are going to happen and the practice schedule is consistent and, uh, you know, everything is, is in order, which is so important when you have such a busy schedule. Right. So, Rocky, um, big thing for you, especially in the last year, as we mentioned before, and it's a hot topic in all of college football right now. I'd like to you, you to hit on as much as you can legally. <laughs> Um, yeah. as a D one athlete, football player specifics, what is it like knowing, entering, and going through the transfer portal? Transfer portal. Yeah, um, it's pretty, it's pretty nerve wracking, honestly, um, but exciting at the same time. Like I personally didn't know anything about the transfer portal. You know, me, me transferring was a a pretty quick decision. I made it within probably a week. You know, a week before. The, that I actually entered the portal. So it was a pretty quick turnaround. And then, you know, from there, especially because I transferred over the, the shortened winter semester, I only had about a couple weeks to really have teams reach out to me and, uh, you know, tell me about their schools. I didn't, because it was COVID, I didn't get to take any visits really. So uh, it, right. it was, it was weird, you know, and, and there's a lot of uncertainty, but, you know, you just got to believe in yourself and, and trust that you're going to find the right home for you and, and, you know, hopefully it works out that way. So, so when you're going through that, do you have somebody for you that's reaching out to these schools? Are you doing it? Do they talk to your coaches, vice versa? Um, it kind of depends on the quality of player, I guess, that you are. Um, for, for most for most of us, coaches are reaching out to you. Like, you know, as soon as I hit the portal, I had, you know, 15 DMs from coaches all, right. all across the country about, you know, hey, you interested in us, like we're looking for a quarterback this year, blah, blah, blah. Um, and you got to sort through, you know, what you want in the program. So that from there you got to decide, is this the level that I want to play at? Uh, is this team, you know, the culture that I want to be a part of? Uh, is it a good situation for myself personally? You know, does the offense suit me? So from there, there's a lot of different factors that you got to take in. Yeah, that, that makes sense. That makes sense. Um, back to your kind of back a little more before we let Brian touch on some more of his. Um, coming out of high school, um, who were your top three picks at the end there, and why did you choose Michigan State over the others? Um, so Michigan State was a school that I had researched about even before I got the offer. It was one of the schools that I wanted to, um, you know, camp at and potentially go to school there. So once I got the offer, it was kind of like a no-brainer, like this is where I wanted to go. Um, I looked at schools that had successful histories with quarterbacks. Michigan State's got a lot of good quarterbacks over the last 10, 15 years. You know, you got Kirk Cousins, Connor Cook, Brian Hoyer, Drew Stanton, you know, and the list goes on. But, you know, for me, it, it was it was about finding a place that was, that was quarterback-friendly, so to speak. Um, but the top three right. choices for me – um, I really liked both Iowa and Iowa State. Uh, I thought that those were great places. I thought, you know, obviously Kirk's been there forever, um, and, and he's done a great job there. So Iowa was always a very reliable choice, and uh, I really believed in what Coach Campbell was going to bring to the program and 
know, obviously he's had great success at Iowa State. They've had great success over the last four years. Um, so I'd say probably Iowa and Iowa State and then Michigan State were my top three. And I had a couple others in there, like uh, a couple of Ivies that, you know, when I got the Ivy offer, I was like, well, hold on, this is an alley that, you know, I haven't thought about going down before, but, you know, that's a, that's a, uh, that's a life choice right there. You know, you go to an Ivy school and you're basically set yeah. for life. I had a coach from Dartmouth. So I got offered by Dartmouth and one of their coaches called me, you know, just talking about recruiting. And he said that uh, their starting quarterback the previous year that I was getting recruited, he got a job straight out of college and was making like 120 grand already. And I was just like, wow, just Jeez. mind blown. It's just crazy the the opportunities that the Ivy Leagues would give you. So that was a very interesting thought. I had, I think, two or three Ivy offers. I can't even remember, honestly. But So that was like an interesting thought of when I got those offers. I was like, man, you know, this could be like a life-changing decision if I wanted to go there. But at the end of the day, you know, I wanted to play big-time football. So, Yes, sir. Um, So my next question kind of shifting gears – little bit is as like a casual fan watching like nfl games college games it's been really nice watching like the manning cast this year seeing some like two quarterbacks just like kind of digest a game and see how they think about it differently as opposed to like just a normal everyday fan i was just curious how different is it watching football like with a quarterback's brain versus like one of like i don't know your other friends your average friends who aren't yeah as you're playing the game yeah so you know obviously i only have one brain so i can only imagine it as a quarterback but judging off of what my friends say <laughs> it's quite a bit different <laughs> but uh yeah you know for me uh, i try not to do this but you know as a quarterback i'm watching the game and i'm i'm playing the game right so i'm you know taking the three-step drop with him and reading the, the progressions and if i can you know sometimes it's hard to see on on the tv copy but if i can tell what the route concept is and what the coverage is and you know if he makes a good read or a good throw i'm like oh what an awesome play you know and if vice versa i'm like oh come on man like read the flat defender or you know throw it over top of the safety whatever yeah, but yeah. it's uh it's quite a bit different because people don't really understand how complicated this game is you know i, I played a bunch of sports growing up uh, i was a four sport athlete in high school and and even uh joined the basketball team for a couple weeks after my wrestling season was over my senior year um so so i've played i've played them all and, and there's really no sport um quite as complex as this one especially at the quarterback position where you, re- you really got to know all 22 positions on the field you know I mean, you you can't be a receiver and just know what route you're running you got to know what everybody's running what the blocking scheme is what the coverage is what the front is if there's blitz you got to make sure to shift the protection to pick it up so i mean there's just uh, levels on levels of complexity that people don't really get but me watching the game you know i'm trying to dissect every play and um you know, because that, that's that's partly how I get enjoyment out of the game too. You know, it's it's more of a mental game than a physical game at quarterback for at times. So you're just like uh, you're playing chess out there. You know, you're trying to make sure you put the pieces in the right place. Nice. And uh, speaking of playing chess out there, like um, one of the things I've always noticed about when I go to games versus just watching on TV is how much faster it is in person versus like just I mean, watching an NFL game. I feel like you have all day to sit there and like you know read the defense, throw it over safety in person. It is like three steps and it's out. Like how quickly are you making those decisions when yeah. you're actually out there? Yeah. So it does go quick. You're right. Uh, I think if you asked uh, 
the average person how long it you know the the a play takes they would probably give you a you know 10 second answer or something but uh, I think last year I actually saw a statistic on this last year I think the average time that a quarterback had in the pocket in the college football is like 2.7 seconds or something um, which is pretty quick you know you you're, you you got to get you know get the snap catch the ball take your take your drop so I mean just before you even catch a snap that's at least a half a second gone so you're really making decisions in about a second and a half to two seconds um, you know and that's on some of the longer plays too where Maybe you got a play action. You got three and a half seconds. You know, God bless if you get three and a half seconds. You would love that. But you know, quick game. Even you're, you're throwing that ball. You know, you kind of know where you're going before the the ball is even snapped. You know, you got you at least got a good idea. So you know, quick game. It can get out really quick. But uh, you know, if you're doing a little play action, it might take a little bit longer too. All right, and I got one more for. I'll kick it back over to you, Jeff. Is um. I just, I always, whenever I'm listening to people break down games, it's uh, like they'll talk about how many plays actually break down versus like what the plan was. Yeah. And so my question to you is, is it more satisfying when a play works that was like exactly how you drew it up, right? As the coach thought it was going to go in practice and it works or when like some crazy shit happens and you just pull some shit out of your ass and it works. <laughs> I would say, I would say that's a great question. I would say they're equally as satisfying but there, there is a middle ground too, right? So the middle ground would be the, the least satisfying when a play works and it didn't go to perfection, but it, you know, it still goes for a touchdown or whatever. And you're like, damn, you know, you could have had this, this block or could have made a little better throw, but whatever. But um, if you're watching a play like run plays, for example, you know, I got the best view in the house on run plays. I'm sitting back there, hand the ball off and doing whatever. But uh, when I see, so uh, we played Buffalo two weeks ago, perfect example. We're in overtime. They had just fumbled the ball. So all we got to do is score a point. First play we run is a simple power play, and it's just blocked up beautifully. And the hole opens up, you know, like the Grand Canyon. And I just see Clint running through it. And as soon as he crossed the line of scrimmage, we're at the, like, 20, 25-yard line, right? I raise my hands up, touch I know it's going in right away. So that's, like, super satisfying. But on the other hand, you know, Ball State, played Ball State three weeks ago now. Uh, you know, we call it just like a simple four vertical concept. Basically it's really three verticals with an under, but you're really stretching the same defenders and, uh, the protection broke down a little bit, you know, it's still good pro, but the pocket shifted. So I'm running left and my uh, slot fades running right down the seam and I just launch it to him, you know, in a two minute drill and, and it scores. So they're, they're both equally as satisfying if, if the result is good, you know, if something breaks down, it doesn't go well, then you're like, touchdown's always good. (laughs) But you know, and a lot of times those, those big plays are on, um, those big plays happen when, when shit breaks down, right. When, when something doesn't go to plan and the quarterback extends the play and and somebody's running wide open down the fields, because it's hard to cover people for five, six seconds at a time. Um, But, but to answer your question, I would say if the play is perfectly executed I would say that's the most satisfying, but very, very close is if is if shit goes wrong and it breaks down and you're throwing a touchdown deep, it's, that's a pretty good feeling as well. Uh, Rocky, before we get off here, I know we're not going to keep you too long. Just a little segment here. You know, we know you got a busy schedule. Um, last question I got, and I think this is a good one to end it on. What is the future hold for Rocky Lombardi post-2021 season? Oof. Okay, so post-2021 season, um, I'm coming back here to northern, northern Illinois. Um, 
So, you know, hopefully we get a MAC championship here uh, this weekend, have a good bowl game, you know, get a good off season in, and then, you know, we're going to try to make another run at it next year. we got a good schedule, and uh, you know, I'm hoping to make some noise next year. So I think, I think we got a really good team, and, and we got the, uh, we got the capabilities to do so. That's awesome, man. You know, we know we'll be watching Iowa boys supporting Iowa boys, man. Yeah, we'll be, yeah I appreciate we'll be watching you every week this week and next. Oh, um, yeah. Brian, you got anything to say before Rocky logs off here? No, man. Just a hell of a game last time against Kent State. I can't wait to watch it this weekend. I'm expecting a show. It's going to be awesome, man. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Expect the show. Best of luck to you. best of luck to you and your team, man. We cannot thank you enough for coming on. Uh, means the world to us. Like I said. Um, We'll be watching, man. Yeah, appreciate you guys for having me on. Like you said, Iowa boys got to support other Iowa boys. So anytime. Hey, means the world to us. Thanks for coming on, man. Yes, sir. Thank Have you, a sir. Good one. We'll see you. All right, so kicking it off after that amazing interview here, as usual, uh, we have our pick'em and locks for the week. Uh, a bit different this week, obviously. We have a few less games to go through, but uh, most of our games are focused on the championship weekend ahead. A lot of bowl implications, a lot of, obviously, college football implications going on. So these are some really interesting games, betting aside. Um, if you guys have any notes before that, I can jump into my 10 picks for college. Oh, man. Feel free to go for it. Yeah, Perfect. Uh, first pick here. I have Oregon minus two and a half versus Utah. Utah has been looking really good lately, but I do believe in Oregon to come in here and scrape this away. Um, I feel like Oregon is playing for legitimacy right now. I know they've been a little bit shaky lately, but I think they really want to come out and win this game. Two and a half. I mean, that's a field goal. I don't need this game to be that crazy. Uh, next game, Baylor versus OK State. This is not a game that I really felt comfortable picking either side. I think these teams are way more evenly matched than what the line was. I think it was like six and a half for, for Oklahoma State. Um, Baylor's a good squad. Oklahoma State's also a good squad. Only one loss in a season to our Iowa State Cyclones. That being said, if I see a Big 12 game with a 46 and a half line, I'm taking that. So over 46 and a half for that game. I know Baylor has a good defense, but it's a Big 12 championship game, man. Fireworks. Uh, next game here, San Diego State. Minus six versus Utah State. This is an, another like heavyweight battle. Uh, I believe the Mountain West Conference, correct? Yes. Yeah, Mountain West Conference. I mean, these are two good teams. I think it's 11-1 versus 10-2 or something like that. But San Diego State just has a squad. And it feels, it feels like year in, year out, they just have a good team to compete, especially towards the end of the year. So I feel great about taking that. Uh, next one I have is Louisiana Moneyline versus Appalachian State. Um, another great game with two non-Power 5 conferences here. Uh, power, Non-Power 5 conference teams here. Uh, App State has a, probably the, a top five college football stadium experience. I would love to go to a game there one day. But this is a neutral game, and I am taking Louisiana to go out and win this. <clears throat> Next one, Georgia versus Bama. I mean, this is the biggest game of the year, full stop. I mean, the best teams in the country. The implications are big. The implications are massive. So the thing is, Georgia can lose this game, and they'll still be in the playoffs. Bama cannot lose this game. That kind of makes you wonder, really, does Georgia maybe not play all their guys? I think they will because I think Kirby wants to SEC, and they want to beat Saban. They want that one seed because they want to play that four seed, which, you know. 
But I don't really feel comfortable taking either team here. Uh, Georgia is a better team this year, as we've shown. Bama's sort of been skating by lately. But, I mean, it's Bama. It's a big game. Can't pick against them either. So I am taking the under of 49.5. I mean, Georgia's defense has looked amazing. And I know I don't know how many people watched that uh, Bama-Auburn game last week, the Iron Bowl. I mean, that was just a hideous game. That offense can't do anything. That O-line was getting absolutely destroyed. Under 49.5. Next game, Houston plus 10.5 versus Cincinnati. I do think Cincinnati wins this game. I think 10.5 is a really big spread against a good team. All I have on that, Cincinnati needs to win this game and win it convincingly to keep their spot in the playoffs. I think I don't think they need to win convincingly, but they just need to win to keep their spot in the playoffs. So a huge game for Cincy. Uh, next game, Michigan minus 11 versus Iowa. Um, Michigan should beat the absolute show that Iowa has no offense. None. They should absolutely run ragged over them. Even if Michigan only scores 24 points, Iowa shouldn't score a single point. Uh, Next game, Pitt versus Wake. They only let me down once. It was last week, but I'm going back to it. Over 71.5. You see Wake Forest, and they're playing against Kenny Pickett and that explosive Pitt uh, Pitt offense. You got Wake's defense really could not stop a fly over 71.5. Next game, the podcast. Special NIU money line versus Kent State. Uh, was that last week that we all um, hit on the pod lock of NIU minus one? Two, no, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. Yeah. ago. NIU has been good for me betting, like legitimately has been good for me. So I'm going to roll with oh, this. Yeah. They're underdogs in this game somehow. Uh, I mean, as we heard earlier in our podcast, you know, Rock Lombardi's that dude. NIU is that school money line. Yeah, uh, last but last time they played, Rocky Lombardi threw for 532 yards in that game, and the score was like 52-47, so that one's going to be fireworks. Yeah, sure. that game is going to be absolutely insane. Uh, last game I have on here, USC Moneyline versus Cal. I think this team might be – first of all, it's Cal. Second, I think this team might be a little bit more jazzed up now that they have a new coach in here. I know – I don't. I doubt he's coaching this game. I was going to say, I was actually going to ask, do we, do we know what the deal is? Like, I, don't, I don't think he's don't allowed think he, to. Yeah, I don't think he's allowed to, but I, can, I bet I can see his team being juiced up for They got some good recruits coming from OU. The Tide, the fans are starting to think this might be the return of USC. I don't think it will be. I think but it if will. it is, if it is it'd it be awesome because college football is way better with USC being good. I said it before and not on this podcast, but people in LA care way more about USC football when they're good and they do about any of the NFL teams there completely, they will be the biggest football team in the city by far. So we need USC to be good. We need that stadium packed again and we need that Reggie Bush air to come back. So those are my uh, 10 picks, uh, three locks I have for this. Um, Pitt Wake Forest over 71 and a half, Georgia Bama under 49 and a half. And then uh, my last lock is, uh, USC money line versus Cal. Cool. Um, I can go second here. Uh, I'm obviously going to touch on the exact same games you just did. So I'll, um, I'll make them a little bit quicker. Uh, first one, Oregon, Utah. I'm actually going opposite of your mo. I'm going Utah minus three. You got Utah him scumbag. Piss out of Oregon last time they played. What yeah. was it like? 38 to seven. 38 to seven. I don't think it's going to be that much of a blowout, and I think that was an anomaly. But I don't think Oregon comes back and wins the game. I think it'll be close, but I think Utah covers the three. It's a field goal. Um, so, yeah, Utah minus three there. Next one, Baylor, OK State. 
this might be, I think, I don't know why you had this moment, but I'm taking Baylor plus five and a half just because I watched that entire Oklahoma OK State game. And Oklahoma, Oklahoma was have a two not very run. impressive and managed, and OK State pretty much kept him in the game the whole time. I don't know if I see OK State pulling away from this one. If they do, I think they're going to let Baylor back in just like they did Oklahoma. Um, so I like the Baylor plus five and a half there. I don't know who wins the game. I think it's going to be close, though. Next one, Kent State, NIU. We've touched it. I'm going to take the same thing, NIU money line. Last time this te- these two teams played, it was 52-47. Kent State won. But, I mean, they were throwing the hell out of the football. The game was exciting. It's going to be a ton of points. Um, I don't feel good about taking a three-and-a-half-point spread when there's probably going to be 50 points apiece in this game. So I'm just going to take a team to win. I like NIU there. Next one, I got the big one, Georgia, Bama. This I, I have a hard time picking against Bama just because it's Alabama. But, man, I just think Georgia's fucking better. Like, I think they're on their own class of football this year. Um, Bama's been close with some teams that aren't that great. Georgia's beat the shit out of everyone. I uh, agree with you fully. So I think Georgia's going to cover the six and a half there. I think – I don't know how close this game will be. I would – Six and a half is enough for like, I'd be a little concerned about a backdoor cover on this one where like George is maybe up by two touchdowns and Bama kind of scores a touchdown because a field goal at the end or something for an onside kick and don't get it. But um, I think George is better. I like the Georgia minus six and a half. Next one, um, Michigan versus Iowa. As funny as it would be if Michigan found a way to lose this game and Jim Harbaugh didn't make the playoff because of losing to Iowa, they should be playing Wisconsin. Like Wisconsin's a better team that they just, Fell apart against Minnesota. We have to talk about that horrible three hours of football. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna talk about that, but that miserable. Well, where, where did Braylon Allen go? That's the question. Yeah, where did any Wisconsin? You remember he was seventeen. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Oh shit, I'm only seventeen. I gotta slow down." Yeah. <laughs> oh, that game was painful to watch. Um, As I'm gonna take the Michigan minus eleven here. Like they're just better. Iowa literally cannot score on offense. They have no offense. Um, so Michigan's better. Next one, I got Pitt minus three versus Wake Forest. Um, kind of the same deal is with the, the Kent State NIU game. Like this is going to be a lot of points. going to be a lot of scoring. My boy Kenny Pickett's going to throw only perfect throws for three and a half hours. Um, you know Wake Forest is going to score because it's all they do. Um, this game will probably – this 71 seems like a steal. I'll probably take the over, take the over on this too because – this game could easily be 50-50 also. Like, these teams can put up points, and they throw a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so, But I'm going to stick with my pit minus three. I'll also throw in the over there, 71 and a half. Um, last three here, Houston, Cincinnati. I'm going to take Cincinnati minus 10 and a half. They, need style. they don't need the style points, but they certainly didn't uh, get an excess of um, style points during the season. So big wins are going to help them out, um, especially if Michigan looks bad. Um, against Iowa and squeaks out a win, they could maybe sneak up to two or something. You know, you never know. Um, or if Georgia loses or something, you never know how this goes. Um, USC, Cal. USC's got all the hype right now, but they still stink. Cal, I'm taking Cal minus four. Um, also, Cal, the games that they looked bad in this year, they were like decimated with COVID. Like they had like, I think they lost to Arizona or some shit, but they really had like, 20 guys out from COVID next week didn't even play the game because they were had too many uh, people on the COVID list. So when they've been healthy, like they were, they lost by a touchdown to, um, to Oregon, I believe. 
Cal oh, stinks. But um, they stink. They stink, but like their USC stinks more. So I don't think they point stink out the more. games that they they lost that looked terrible. They were like decimated with illness. So um, I'm taking the Cal minus four there, and then my last one I'm gonna take Utah State plus six against San Diego State. After all the research I did, the ten minutes before this podcast looks like Utah State stayed in a lot of games this year. San Diego State had a great season, and they're a top twenty team, but. I'll, I'll root for a close game and just hope it's uh, Utah State stays within the touchdown. All right. So uh, one question I have, is Pitt favored or are they underdogs? It's Pitt minus three. Okay. Okay. That makes it a little better. All right. All right. All right. Go with my boy, Sammy. And anyway. The, the locks are, I'll do the Pitt wake over Michigan minus 11 and Oregon or Utah minus three. Okay, so um, I'm going to start off where Brian left off. Um, I also like Utah minus three. This is just this seems like a Utah year in the Pac-12. Oregon kind of lost it all against these guys. I don't know how much they even give a fuck right now. Um, it seems like uh, they got a couple guys looking forward to the draft. Their coaches talking to other colleges. Blah 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 blah. You don't see that stuff coming from Oregon right now, and their coach has been there forever. Super disciplined. Super. Loyal guy, so I love Utah minus three. I had Oregon winning that game that they played, but that game made me a fan of Utah, man. They just play some good ball. Anyway, uh, so that that's number one for me. Two, um, I'm also going to go with, with Moe's side. I'm actually, yeah, I'm going to go with Moe's side here. I'm going over 46.5 in the Baylor-Oklahoma State game. Uh, I don't like the fact that Oklahoma State is that big of favorites versus people that are very, very similar to them. But Baylor wasn't – Baylor is the, one of those teams that I don't know enough about and I don't watch enough to know if they can stay within a touchdown to anybody really. I mean, I know they've played good against good teams already, but Oklahoma State has a great defense, and we just saw them beat Oklahoma in Lincoln Riley's last game. So I don't know. That, that number is just a little too high for me. So g- just give me the over for that one. Uh, three, Podlock. NIU money line over Kent State. Got to ride with our boy Rocky. I mean, honestly, pre-Rocky, I would have picked this anyway. I've been betting these guys all year long. I mean, they 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 toss it around. They score a bunch of points. Last time this game happened, Brian said, I watched it. I had money on that one too. Uh, game was absolutely electric. I mean, literally every time you look down, there's a touchdown. Every time. Um, unfortunately, didn't go NIU's way. I think this time they're a little more prepared. I do love Dustin Crum at Kent State, but as an overall roster standpoint and coaching standpoint, it seems that NIU is the better per team on paper here. So I love NIU money line here. Three and a half point dogs. I get they just played and and just lost by more than that, but I don't really – that's kind of a lot. I mean, MAC championship game, Kent State 7-5, and five, Northern Illinois 8-4. and four. I mean, that's a sharp hook for a game like that. So I like NIU money line straight up there. I've been backing these guys all year. I'm not going to stop now. Uh, I like Utah State plus six, too. Um, I bet on them all the time. I don't know why. I don't know how I find myself doing it, but I started betting on them two, three weeks in a row. They they held it up. They didn't let me down, so kept riding that train, and they're surprisingly nine and three and not ranked. So uh, Either I'm going to do really well this week, or you guys are going to do really bad, or I'm going to do really bad, and you guys are going to do really well. <laughs> <laughs> 
so I like Utah State plus six. Uh, San Diego State. Um, uh, San Diego State always has a special place in my heart because they are responsible for giving me my biggest bet in football of my life. Um, they were 30-point favorites versus New Mexico State, and I bet that New Mexico State would be winning at halftime, and I think 150 bucks made 900 So pretty ballsy pick by me, but always remember San Diego State for that little side story. Um, for that, they don't impress me whatsoever. Utah State hasn't let me down. Why would I turn on them now? Um, I This is not the two teams I wanted to see in the Mountain West Championship game because I usually do like that game. Uh, Sunbelt game, Appalachian State minus three versus Louisiana. I mean, I'm not intentionally going against Mo, but golly. I mean, this starters, is out of control right now. For starters, I mean, I have watched Louisiana this year. They are a mere, they are inches away, inches from having an absolutely completely different record. So and they're 11 and one, okay? Their, fir- they want their first win by three, next one by eight, then by two, then by one, then by four, and by four again. And then the other ones are kind of blowouts. Sounds like wins to me. (laughs) It is wins. But I have bet a couple Appalachian State games myself, one of the best running attacks in the entire nation, not even in the Sun Belt, in the entire nation. Um, As Mo said, probably the most beautiful stadium in the world. but Louisiana just lost their head coach, Billy Napier, going to Florida. Um, I, I, I told myself before before this podcast started, I'm either going to go all in on the interim coaches this weekend that are coaching bowl games and this weekend and next, or I'm going to say there's no way I'm betting any of them. So I'm deciding right here, right now, I'm not betting any teams that lost their head coach to a different team the rest of this year, this game or the bowl game. Not doing it. I can't do it. So, with that being said, Appalachian State minus, yeah, minus three. Uh, Georgia-Bama. So, I've been sitting here while you guys have been talking, and I've been trying to find a way to avoid this game. Or, I've been trying to find a way to bet this game, and all I want to do is avoid it, but we got to touch on the games. Um, God, Brian made such a good point with the back backdoor cover field goal bullshit. That just seems like such a possibility. Bet the under... Um, golly, and I'm looking at this Appalachian State field right now. under, you know, you want to do it. Give me Alabama plus six and a half. Give me Alabama plus six and a half. Um, I don't think Alabama wins this. I sure as shit hope they do not win this because I'd love to see them get the boot. But a touchdown between these guys, I don't see it. I mean, I, I don't. I re- and it, and also I need Georgia to lose two more games for my season under. So, I mean, I I love I love Bama plus six and a half there. If he gets the plus seven, love it even more. But yeah, I just can't. Georgia is unstoppable this year, and Bama has played close to some shitty teams. But you'd think that they, if there was ever a game they needed to ball out in, I mean, this is literally their season right here. They lose this game, they're out. Like so. I don't know. I'm just going to trust Saban's going to have those boy, all those five stars ready to at least keep it within a touchdown. Also, the game is at a neutral field in Atlanta, Georgia. <laughs> so <laughs> it still uh, might be 50 50 in there. I mean, Alabama yeah. fans are going to travel. Plus, I think they have the, to allocate with a year like with a year like Georgia's having. I don't know. 
Uh, this next one, I didn't even hear what you guys took on the line for this game, but I really don't care because it's not going to change my opinion. So uh, both of you can screw off. Um, so I like Houston plus 10.5 versus Cincinnati. Cincinnati might lose here. I'm be honest. That's what I took. I'm be 100% honest. Cincinnati might lose this game. Um, they've played way too close to way too shitty of teams. I know what they did to my ponies, but I'm I'm not thinking about that. Houston is the second best team in the American by far at 11 and one. I think they I think they won 10 in a row. I, I, let me see when they I, when they got their loss. Yeah, they lost week one. So they lost week one and haven't lost since. Um, on a roll for a reason. They beat SMU since they beat SMU. I don't. I want Houston to win, or I don't want Houston to win because I want Cincinnati to break the G six barrier of getting in the college playoff. But ten points, ten and a half points here. No way in hell. I need. I need the Houston plus ten and a half. This Wouldn't game be crazy is crazy if um, somehow uh, Cincinnati loses, Bama loses, and like Notre Dame sneaks in without a out a head coach. That right. would be that would be very interesting. I personally want Notre Dame to win it all because it would be the funniest shit ever if Brian Kelly had to live with his resume for the rest of the year, knowing that he left because he's like, I need to go to LSU because I can't win a championship here. His team goes on, wins a championship. Do you think he gets a ring? I've never I wouldn't seen. give it to him. Yeah, I, <laughs> That's his team, everything, and he doesn't get the championship. That'd be so funny. That literally is like the most I'm only doing this for money move I've ever seen. I mean, he literally left a team that is knocking on the door of the college football playoff two weeks before it's over. And uh, this is not new for him. He yeah, left a 12 and 0 Cincinnati when they're ranked third, right before the Sugar Bowl against yeah. Florida. So, yeah. So, geez. this man Chris does not care. That man, that man loves money. Um, hey. So, he also loves killing people. Yeah. Look, hey, don't forget. Hopefully, it's not too windy in Louisiana. <laughs> so uh Houston plus 10 is my pick there. Michigan, Iowa, Big Ten Championship game. This is the game, the biggest game, obviously, in our area. Um that line is huge though. So for that, I am taking and this is crazy because I never do this. I'm taking under 43. So Iowa has one of the longest streaks in the nation of not allowing teams to score 30 points or more. Um, and Michigan, the number one thing they did against Ohio State well was run, 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 run. If they can somehow run against Iowa's defense, Iowa's defense is better than Ohio State's. If they can find a way to run against them, they're going to keep doing it. That clock's going to tick away. And Petrus, I don't know if Petrus will have positive yards if he plays. That man, if that man, that man might find a way to have negative passing yards in a game. I mean, that I guy gotta, sucks. You keep going while I find this uh, about Petrus. I got, I got something about Petrus. He oh, ran his mouth earlier. Yeah. So, yeah, this will be uh, great. So, yeah, I don't like the eleven because I think it's gonna be so low scoring because it's gonna be running, running, running. I think this game's gonna be twenty-four zero Michigan. So I like the under 43. I don't think Iowa scores. I don't know how they would. Um, they didn't even score against Nebraska until da- fucking damn near halftime. So, um, yeah, give me under Mich- Michigan under 43 and a half. Oh, I found Iowa. this. Uh, I found the Petrus quote. 
Iowa QB, Spencer, Petrus, Petrus, Petri Dish, I don't care, on Michigan's dynamic pass rush. It's not going to be a Big 12 football game where the quarterback can sit there for four and a half seconds and just do what he wants. Petrus stat line against the only Big 12 team they played this year. 52% completion, which is trailed only versus Wisconsin for season lows. Pressured 10 times and averaged 2.8 seconds to throw. <laughs> this scumbag, I... This that's all you gotta know. This man's clearly unaware of how bad he is to be running his mouth. He doesn't even know who he's playing or what even happens. So yeah, bet against him. I hope he has negative five thousand yards. When I talk to Iowa fans and they're genuine Iowa fans and they're pumped this weekend, they don't even know Petrus's last name. That's how bad he sucks. And Petrus, just because I know you're listening, because I just feel like you are. They don't know Petrus's last name. <laughs> yeah, they don't because this guy's like literally when. I what do you think his last to, name is? <laughs> no, it's not that they didn't know. It's not that they guessed. It's when I, when I talk to him, they say, yeah, and then we're doing that little quarterback switcheroo with, uh, you know, uh, and they don't, they don't even know. So this guy's been starting at Iowa for two years okay, and has won many games and has been so unimpressive in the wins in the games that they don't even know who the fuck you are. Okay? So Petrus, right here. I know you can't see this on video, but I'm flipping you off. Yeah, pop it. Someone, if you're not a fan, tell and you somehow know that scumbag tell them to listen to this. Yeah, which I doubt you do because why would you? When uh, he's when he's selling cars next year after yeah. he's done playing in yeah, Iowa hey, City, listen, selling Fords and Chevys, if, tell them to listen to this. <laughs> in in 2022, 2023, if any of you need car insurance, I got a guy. Uh, Petrus is the name. <laughs> Uh, next game, and I told a buddy of mine this today, and I still believe it to be true. Also, I want to go back to a comment on something. Cincinnati-Houston is at a neutral field in Cincinnati. So, I'm going to go. Wake Forest-Pitt, biggest game of the week for me, in my opinion. I mean, in terms of pure football, betting, craziness, I think this game is going to be the most, like, on Twitter, before the Georgia-Bama game, or when the Georgia-Bama game is done, this thing is going to take over because this game is going to be absolutely insane. I mean, th- this thing is going to be crazy. Uh, I don't like the over, but what I do like is I do like Kenny Pickett. Brian has has kind of warmed us up to that. Um, but I I bet, you if I, I bet you if I went back and looked on the pot, well, you should like him, man. He's a future eagle. That makes me like him even less. <laughs> so, uh, I bet if I went back and looked at the pod, which I'm not going to do, but I bet if I did, uh, I'd probably taken Wake Forest every single week, every week, and I uh, they've done extremely well. Love these guys. I Sam Hartman been with him since QB one days. I'm going with them again. I'm going with Wake Forest three point underdogs. I'm going Wake Forest money line for a times two winner all day long. Like that. Uh, um, don't hope, hope, knock on wood. Uh, Kenny Pitt doesn't get hurt in this one, and the Eagles have to uh, stay with Hurts next year. Knock on wood. Yeah, uh, we'll we'll save that for the offseason special. I got some thoughts, good and bad, about Hurts, but it's not worth it right now. So that that's a uh, nine picks for me. Uh, my last pick of the day to make a total of ten. I am going to do. Hmm. What should I do? Sick. <laughs> <laughs> Great radio right here. <laughs> oh, I know what I'm going to do. 
I'm doing USC minus four versus Cal. It's plus four. Plus four. What? That's why I have USC money lines at times too, and that's also one of my locks. It's USC plus four. Yeah, and Brian was talking about how Cal is not that shit, you know. They're are you, are, dog did you shit. find that on the Bleacher Report app, or is it actually plus four? No, it's USC yeah, plus Cal minus four. four. It's a line. Oh my gosh! All right, um, lock of the week for me. I need <laughs> USC money line versus Cal for my first lock. Perfect. Um, second lock, I need the Michigan Iowa. Actually, no, I don't want to make that under. I need Houston. Plus 10.5 is my second lock. Um, third lock, I need Utah State plus six versus San Diego State. Perfect. Just Great. like that, that's our bowl special of our college picks. Uh, we're going to do something different this week with NFL. We're going to go straight to our three NFL locks this week, skip the uh, five of our random picks, and just go straight to our three pod locks. So I'm going to roll in for my first one, <clears throat> as usual. I have Ravens versus Steelers under 44. Big Ben literally is a menace to that team. I he, cannot believe they're still letting that man play. They need to give him a Viking funeral in that river outside the stadium and they'll just put him out in a wooden boat, light on fire, and let him just drift away because he is literally killing this team. I, I it, it's And the worst part is you know he's not going to retire then this year. He's going to think he can still play. I guarantee you if they don't retire – if he doesn't retire and he's just that selfish about it, like I bet you Mike Tomlinbeck, dude, get the get your ass gone. Like they did cut. that with Troy Paul and all back, and they were like, "Yeah, man, you got to retire." Yeah, uh, they'll have no problem cutting his ass. Yeah, so that's my <laughs> first one. Uh, yeah, take down there in that. Those offenses stink. Uh, next game, Chargers money line for Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati looks good, and this is more of just like I'm picking the Chargers money line here is because they need to they need to get together at some point. And if they're going to try to, if they're going to stop this team from sliding for the rest of the year, which I think they're really close to have having, they need to go and win this game. This is a big statement game for the Chargers. I know they're probably they six and six now, or six and five, whatever. They've been disappointed. They've been super disappointing over the last like five, six weeks. So this is more of a they need to win this game, and I think they might have the pressure to do it. And this is against another good young QB. Why they inflex this in a Sunday night, I don't know, but it'll be a great game. Three twenty-five, I think. Uh, next game, my last one, Cards minus eight versus the Bears. I'm sorry for all you guys that had your Thanksgiving ruined by having to watch the Bears on your TV, but barely scraping by against this Lions team in one of the most abysmal games that ever been on my TV on the day you're supposed to be thankful for stuff literally <laughs> is a illegal offense. Literally, so, yeah. that game was so bad I had to actually spend time with my family. It was insane. Yeah, it was. It was. It was beyond belief. So, that being said, cards minus eight versus the Bears. Cardinals are good. They're, I feel like they're quietly the best team in the NFL. That people just like sort of slow down them because Kyler was out for a while, but they still kept winning. So, what that does for Kyler's MVP discussion, I don't know. Are they both back? Richard Kyler's back. Hopkins too. I mean, I don't care if they got Colt McCoy playing. The Bears stink. <laughs> I, would, I just I would like yeah. to know because I feel like their injuries were very minor, and now it's been like five weeks in a row. Yeah, uh, cards minus eight versus Bears. That's my. That'd be a nice send off for uh, Cliff Kingsbury as he heads over to Oklahoma too. <laughs> there is no way he'll ever go back. I, to I seriously, I've tried so many times in my head to wrap my head around why in the world anybody would do that. And there, I, I don't understand. This thing well, this man, this I man is say, the best team in the NFL. I will say the only thing is college teams pay 
way more for coaches and NFL teams. But are you, do you want to live in Scottsdale or do you want to live in Norman, Oklahoma? I mean, oh, we, saw, we, we saw the picture of Cliff Kingsbury's house in Arizona. Do they pay way more? Do they pay way more when in your third year you're the best team in in the NFL? I think Brian Kelly's making more than every single NFL head coach to go to LSU. Well, yeah, he's well, your job. job. <laughs> All right. so, no, I'm just kidding. I, dude, I, I mean, the money. How much different can it be? You live in Arizona. You're in the NFL. You're on national television every Sunday. Yeah, you're not a scumbag. People, he's in a good spot right now. He he left a bad team. And he somehow weaseled his way into an NFL job after le- leaving a losing record, Texas Tech. Don't be the scumbag that gets a good thing going in the NFL and goes back and tries to do it again. Brian Kelly, scumbag, Cliff Kingsbury, stay where you're at and avoid that title. Yeah, definitely. And those um, are my three picks. Yeah, I'll roll into my – I have four here. Um, I'll go through them pretty quick. First one, I got Tampa Bay minus 11 at Atlanta. Um, I mean, Atlanta was like – toe-to-toe with the Jags last weekend. Um, I know Tampa's had issues, but, I mean, they just went to the Colts, a very good team that the Colts have, and wasn't pretty the whole time, but Leonard Fournette looked great. You know Tom Brady's going to figure it out here. Um, so I, I think they're going to take care of business. I've seen Atlanta look like Atlanta for most of the year. A win against Jacksonville does not change my mind about them. So Tampa minus 11. Um, next one, I got Dolphins minus 4. At the Giants, um, another game that was hard to get through was that Giants Eagles game. Um, oh, okay. My yeah, my takeaway from that game was not that the Giants are good. That was just an Eagles shit show. Let me get a quick vent out. Yeah, Less than fifteen good. seconds. Um, Eagles. I that is a definition of shooting yourself in the face over and over. They should have won this game by who knows how much. Jalen Rager, literally. I thought Nelson Aguilar. Don't forget Maybe Jalen Hurts' three first half interceptions. No, that was bad too. And Jalen Nelson Aguilar, I thought nobody could ever make me angrier than him at the receiver position. Boy, was I wrong. Two brutal drops in the game. Hurts was garbage. Had a chance to win, put it in his hands. He dropped it. I won Rager literally on the first bus back to TCU. That's was all I got to say. Aguilar a first round pick. Yeah, yes. that was when. Yeah, it was Chip, Chip Kelly. Chip Kelly was. You took it from Oregon. Nelson Aguilar also Howie produced. Rosen there? Yeah, but Chip Kelly made the pick. Uh, Howie Roseman was like in a back office job during that time. Um, Nelson Aguilar actually has produced for the Eagles and had like two good seasons. Jalen Rager has had like ten catches in his career. So all I gotta say about that. Yeah, yeah. whoever whoever's whoever's over there helping make those picks, they need to they need to maybe hire somebody because their wide receiver selection has not been the best. Hey, Devontae Smith. Dog. But uh that is good. And to take all that stuff by the Eagles, they still had a chance to win that game. That's how bad the Giants are and how decimated they are with injuries. So Dolphins minus yeah. four. Tua can do the at least he can use pass uh RPOs. So that's something. Um oh. next game we got here. I also, got Dolphins have won like four Dolphins have won like five in a row, haven't they? Four in a row, and they started the one and seven, so very impressive. Yeah. <sighs> Next one, I got Colts <laughs> minus nine at Texans. I forgot um, both Eagles have the Dolphins. Yeah. <laughs> um, Colts, are, I that takeaway from the the Bucks game was not the Colts. Are, they kind of shot their foot at, at the end um, with Carson Wentz doing Carson Wentz things, getting strip sacked and whatnot. But um, I, I, Texans aren't good. Colts are good. 
Colts minus nine. Jonathan Taylor probably had a big day because he did nothing against um, the Bucks. And my last game here, I'm going to take the Niners minus three and a half against the Seahawks. 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 Seahawks are in abysmal at the moment. Russell Wilson stinks. His finger is not not helping him. But he also is just not seeing the field. He's doing everything wrong. Niners have been good. They've rolled the Vikings. Um, so Jimmy G's played good. I like the Niners to take this game here. So Niners minus three and a half. Those are my four picks for NFL. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised that that Niners line is that low with the way the Seahawks looked against or the other night. Um, so I'm also going to have four joining Brian. And I keep telling myself every week I'm not going to do this for obvious reasons. Um, but, I mean, it's Taysom freaking hell, man. I need the Cowboys minus four and a half. I mean, Taysom Hill is on the bench behind Simeon for a reason. He, the guy can't throw. He's, I mean, it's, it's literally cow, the Cowboys are playing the triple option is basically what this comes down to. Just not remember, so, let's not forget, this didn't happen when James was playing. Taysom Hill is a dog, but he's not the dog that you want in your kennel at the time. So I need the Cowboys minus four and a half. That's my first pick. I'm going to make two more comments off Brian's picks because I wanted to say it, but I kind of let him go. There's two teams that brought, that were mentioned in the last couple of minutes that are absolutely hurting and their guys need to somehow find a way to get, to get their quarterback out the door. It's the Steelers we talked about and the Falcons. Matt Ryan needs to find a way to get out the goddamn door. They need to tell him to get his ass on somewhere because holy shit is he terrible. The, the, don't get me wrong, the Falcons as a whole. But that guy is producing none. He is helping none. And of all years this year, this is the, probably the worst year to need a quarterback I've seen in quite some time right now. So that's tough. I don't know. I I, I think the Steelers take Pickett um, if the Eagles don't. I don't think the Eagles will. I think the Eagles pick is high enough that Matt Corral makes sense. But uh, I think the Steelers will take Pickett or uh, – Honestly, yeah, I don't, I don't really know who else. There's not many other guys that are really worth talking about. So, yeah, the Steelers will probably take pick, and the Falcons will probably be fucked, or vice versa. So, um, not that I think, personally, like Pickett in college, don't think he's going to succeed at either one, though. That's just my opinion. Anyway, second pick here for me. I'm against Mo on this. I've watched these guys and bet these guys, and I was a huge fan of these guys. The Chargers' landslide already started. Okay, their season where they drop off the face of the earth has already begun. There's no saving it now. Um, they have been nothing but shit, and I feel like I say this every week, and I still bet them, but now I'm done with them. Ever, since that interview where we gave all that praise to Staley, they have been trash. I don't. They have not won since that interview. They haven't won. Yeah. And they've lost it. They well, they beat the Eagles season. during that time. Oh, yeah, they beat the Eagles. Um, but they they're losing to teams that aren't good either. That's the that's the crazy part. I mean, the Broncos, who offense is nothing to be scared of, they couldn't stop those guys until Drew Locke came in. So I don't know. I don't know what the hell is going on over there. Um, the Rams are playing like shit. The Chargers are playing like shit. Honestly, Lincoln Riley ain't gonna have to do much to be the best team in LA at this point. I like Bengals minus three there. The Bengals have everything to play for. Um, they're second in their division right now behind the Ravens uh, with only one loss behind them. They beat the hell out of the Ravens, so they do have the tiebreaker if it comes down to it. 
So the Bengals need to absolutely ball out the rest of the year, and they can they can win that division. I mean, they, they have way more to play for than the Chargers do at this point because the Chiefs have kind of taken off. And the Chargers literally somehow finding a way to get worse every week. I said it wasn't, and I said it was a product of the kind of the environment, but Herbert is absolutely in a sophomore slump now. I was I wasn't saying I was saying at first he might be all right, but no. He's in a sophomore slump. The the throws he was missing, you guys saw the Eckler one I sent you, right? Yeah, that was bad. Eckler should have caught that, but it was bad. The throws that he's missing is like bottom tier NFL quarterback throws. So I like Bengals minus three there to piggyback off my Cowboys minus four and a half is my second pick. Um I I don't trust the Dolphins whatsoever, and I don't trust the Giants, but what I do trust is that both of these defenses are going to allow some shit to happen. I like Giants, Dolphins, over 41. The game's in Miami. The weather's nice. Um, I mean, Daniel Jones can get to slinging it if need be. So I like over 41 there. I could see a nice, I don't know, 23-21 win, 23-20, something like that. Um, that's pick number three for me. And then my last one, and <laughs> uh, I cannot believe. Actually, you know what? Scratch Spit it out. <laughs> Scratch that. Get the get the Giants-Dolphins game out of my face. Um, <laughs> last two picks right here. I need Ravens minus four versus Steelers. I know the Ravens absolutely stunk against the Browns, but Lamar, no, nobody, nobody makes Lamar Jackson throw four interceptions two times in a row. So he might throw three. But anyway, Ravens minus four versus Steelers. Steelers got to figure out a quarterback we already mentioned. So I like that one there. Last pick here. This is I'm so glad this game's on Monday night because this game is actually gonna. This is probably actually the best game of the weekend, no doubt. It is. Patriots Bills. I just need the over forty three. Bills still have a high power offense. Patriots defense is on the up and coming, but they're not like elite elite. And they're pretty elite. Mac Jones can check down enough to where they're not going to turn the ball over and move down the field, get some touchdowns there. So over 43, I'd I'd love to see how many Bills games since Josh Allen has been kind of at his level have gone under this number, unless there are blowouts. So 43, the game is in Buffalo, probably going to be freaking freezing there, but. I trust it. 43 ain't nothing with Josh Allen. Perfect. Those are my four locks. Perfect. Once again, another amazing episode of 3536 Pod. Uh, we can't all go undefeated now because you guys chose to pick against me, so you guys are all going to lose. But I'll win all mine, so that will be good. I'll carry you up. Uh, but once again, uh, thanks to our special guest, Rocky Lombardi, for coming out. Uh, we really appreciate people like him giving us a shot, coming on. Great interview. Uh, hopefully you guys love it. Uh, leave any feedback uh, on our Instagram, comment on Spotify. If you can't even know how that works, but you can leave re- a review on Apple and it's only leave it if it's good. If it's bad, I'll delete it. Uh, anyway, uh, do you guys have anything else? <laughs> do you guys have anything else before I kick it out of here? No, I just, I just, like I said, man, like, like me and Brian said earlier, can't thank Rocky enough. I mean, coming on the pod, that was huge. We've only been going for two months. We're already, I mean, we're getting D1 quarterbacks on our shit. I mean, I mean, I, who knows? This, I mean, this thing could take off. I don't know. We're, we're just kind of riding the wave right now. We'll see where it goes. But, I mean, if we can keep getting people on and keep, you know, expanding, get, making some moves, this thing could get good quick. So stay with us. Perfect. And with that, one of the final 
of the season. Words down.